0: Hello and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. If you are new, I hope that you consider subscribing to my channels on YouTube and Rumble, and follow me on Substack for more weekly content. A record $870 billion left U.S. banks since the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates. Think about it. The Fed's first rate hike was in March of 2022, so over a span of just 18 months, US banks have been losing billions of dollars. They lost about 73 billion dollars in deposits every single month on an average. This has never happened before in the history of the United States. Even FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, just had to admit that bank deposits are declining. In the second quarter, remember this is the latest official data that they published, total deposits declined for the fifth consecutive quarter. Consumers are losing confidence in the banking system. In fact, the massive, truly massive deposit outflow is a wake-up call that raises very serious questions about the banking structure in its traditional sense, and the banking crisis. What is truly behind it? Is it intentional, or can this be written off as incompetence on the part of those who are making decisions? Of course, there's no clear answer to those questions, and the answer may very well be a simple one. It's both. In any case, if you think that the banking crisis is over, unfortunately, there's absolutely nothing that supports that perspective. Next year, the banking crisis will get worse precisely because the majority of regional banks are exposed to commercial real estate loans, and I have several videos with more details if you're interested to learn more. This is why mid-sized U.S. lenders are keeping large piles of cash. Here's Reuters saying that lenders are preparing for the worst-case scenario. U.S. lenders are holding onto large piles of cash as insurance against a slowing economy, continuing deposit outflows, and looming tougher liquidity rules that could particularly impact mid-sized banks. Here you can see the increase in cash that U.S. banks are now holding. This does not happen when banks predict any positive outcome in the near term. They are indeed preparing for the worst-case scenario. In other words, mid-sized banks are extremely concerned that there may come a day soon when a large number of people want to withdraw cash At the same exact time, they need to be able to conserve cash now to cover withdrawal requests, or alternatively, they will face bigger risks, such as a failure. The second reason why we see banks now having higher cash levels is a rise in consumer delinquencies. Consumer delinquencies mean that banks will have to take a loss on bad loans. If we look at consumer delinquencies to date we'll see there is a sharp increase overall. Auto loans and credit cards are the leaders. Those are rising monthly. Credit card delinquencies rose to 8% as of the end of the second quarter, official data, and auto loans were at 3.8%. Since student loan payments resumed this month in October, unfortunately, we will see delinquencies continue to rise. So far, I talked about two main issues that our regional banks are facing. We talked about deposit outflows and rising delinquencies, which mean losses for our lenders. There is the third risk factor that nobody seems to be talking about, but it is a purely political one that may be part of the bigger initiative to see fewer banks and more consolidation. You understand why it would be beneficial, right? That's along the lines of the WEF agenda. So the third risk factor that's weighing on small to mid-sized banks is government regulation. With so much economic and geopolitical uncertainty, and especially we see an escalation of the war in Ukraine, nobody is even talking about peace. We see what uncontrolled immigration is doing to our societies. So banks expect more regulatory intervention as the result of extreme economic stress and risks. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and other U.S. regulators have already said that they have a clear intent to introduce stricter liquidity requirements and capital requirements. Liquidity is your cash on hand. Capital mostly refers to their assets, which are loans on the bank's books. One of the biggest red flags is the amount of unrealized losses sitting on the bank's books. What's an unrealized loss versus a realized loss, you may ask? It is a loss on a security that has decreased, that has declined in value, but you just haven't sold that security yet. Once you sell it, your loss will become realized. Here's FDIC saying these losses are increasing with the increase in rates. After declining in the prior two quarters, unrealized losses on available for sale and held to maturity securities increased from the prior quarter to $558.5 billion. That is the amount of unrealized losses that the US financial institutions have on their books. Higher market interest rates and mortgage rates caused market values for debt to generally fall during the second quarter, resulting in higher unrealized losses. And of course, there is no doubt that the same trend continued to date. So we will see the same increases once the Q3, uh, the, the third quarter official data comes out. So what we are now seeing banks do is sell a portion of these securities at a loss and then add the proceeds from the sales to their available cash. That is a sign of desperation, if you ask me. For example, Bank of America reported that they sold $93 billion from the available for sale segment of the balance sheet in the first two quarters and added the proceeds to cash. They're doing it because they want to de-risk and they also want to get a higher return on the cash that they do have. Hopefully, after hearing these details, you're more aware of the magnitude of challenges that regional banks are now facing. This is definitely something to keep your eye on. Now a quick thank you to the favorite sponsor ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN will help you keep your internet connection secure at all times. I use it every single day. It is very easy to install. I believe it took me about 15 minutes to set it up. ExpressVPN protects your private data and you don't have to worry if someone is trying to spy on you or is trying to collect your passwords, your financial or medical records. Go ahead and claim your three full months of free service when you sign up using the link shared in the description below. Thank you so much for watching the video. Thank you for taking the time. If you found it useful, give it a like and consider sharing it with your friends and family subscribe to my channels on YouTube and rumble. I would love to have you back for my next one. And if you enjoy reading, find me on Substack where you will find weekly content. For example, you will see a weekly newsletter with the key events and economic data that will help you stay up to date on the most important news. And I will see you in my new one tomorrow. Bye for now.